step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Κατέβασε και εσύ το Beton Alpha app και μην χάσεις ούτε ένα goal. Beton Alpha. Ανεβήκαμε κατηγορία. Edo. Fuck Androby. Seems to be what our players are saying these days. Welcome to No Chofters, sponsored by Bet on Alpha. Visit betonalpha.com.cy. I'm pretty sure you'd have got good odds on us getting a thumping today. Um, hey, I'd like to see the odds for a thumping against Sociedad. Anyway, ye of little faith. Uh, Maggie, welcome to the show, Fila. How you doing, mate? Good? Yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah, all good. Well, relatively good <laughs> after the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking circumstances. Yeah. So, here we go. Um... Blimey, it's, it's almost like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Another another pod, another defeat. And I'm going to be brutal, brutally honest with the viewers. I'd be cheating you all if I said I watched this game. I watched the first 26 minutes. The moment we went a goal, a goal down, I stopped watching. I was actually on a coach because I come to, to Spain on holiday. And I was on the coach from the hotel coming to the airport, to the hotel. See, I'm so tired now. I was up at four o'clock in the morning. Coming to the hotel and I was watching the game. The moment we went a goal down, I knew game over. Because I keep saying this, it goes back to mentality. When we go a goal behind, that's it. It's done. It's absolutely done. I don't know what your thoughts are on the game, mate, honestly. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, Sorry, there's some... Fireworks, yeah, if you're hearing explosions. Um, I don't know. It was a weird game in the sense that um, it wasn't a 3-0 game in the sense of Buffalo's playing us you know, off the park, creating 20 chances and just completely dominating the game, right? Um, it was a 3-0 game in the sense of the quality that Buffalo's had. And when you look at the... Um, the goals, for example, right? We faced a Henningberg team that was very disciplined, very solid, pretty much his ammonia team, roughly, but with the one really big difference that sort of screams, right? The quality in the final third. And and that's that's really like where, where you saw the, the big difference with that sort of the, the evolution of that Henningberg team with you know really good players up front. And you look at the goals, you know, two of them caught us on the process of like the build-up and counter goal. I mean, the first goal was literally three touches, I think. Three, maybe four touches max. And that's that's what I mean by quality, right? Like, if, if four touches can get you a goal, then, you know, you're up against the mountain. So, um, but yeah, I mean, 
there were some moments in the just before the first half where we nearly got an equalizing goal because we moved the ball faster. We did the basic things right, but that's exactly the issue. Like the mentality, like you said, is one big thing, but the other thing is we're just not doing basic things right. Like we we get the ball, we just hoard on it, we, we move it too slow. By the time we figure out what we want to do, the whole defense of the other team is you know the back organized. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just not good enough, right? Not good enough. Mate, given the the clusterfuck that I watched in the opening quarter of the quarter of the game, I looked at that Buffalo team and I thought, you know what? They're very disciplined. They get men behind the ball. Defensively, you know, they're defending numbers. Their two holding midfielders do their job very, very well. And I'd say up until they scored. They weren't really threatening us. I saw a couple of balls over the top. Zyra was obviously targeting Yuste for the for the pace, or should I say, you know, Yuste's lack of pace. But going forward, there were some moments where we passed the ball well. You could see that they're trying to get in behind the pockets of spaces, trying to ex- break the line, so to speak. But the end product wasn't there. And you know, I keep saying it's a concern. It's a concern. It's a concern. It's it's not a concern anymore. We we know it's disastrous. We know that there are many many flaws to this team, and the it's it's now become to the point now where I feel confident playing against teams that defend against us rather than attack us, because when teams attack us, we get we we just stick ten men behind the ball and try to hit them on the counter attack. Whereas when we play teams that are you know, sticking bodies behind the ball, it's, 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 a, it's a fucking mess, bro. Honestly, I, I don't even know. The words aren't even coming out anymore. You know, the yeah. words aren't even coming out. If you look at, forget the first goal, there was a, there was a moment before they scored when I think we tried to play, a, we tried to play the ball out from, from the back, from a goal kick, which was the first mistake. I, I don't know what we're doing. We don't have the players to build from the back, especially from goal kicks. That being said, you know, Uzo had a great game against United, but I was telling Mike, his kicking is dreadful. And that's probably one of the reasons why we don't go along with his goal kicks. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. But anyway, there's there this one incident where we've gone short and Bruno has come literally into our final third to retrieve the ball. And he's played the ball across the face of the penalty box, right? And they've almost got in behind us. And it's just little things here and there where it's like, I understand we're, we're trying to play football. We're trying to do it. But when we're playing against a team that presses high, they cause us so many problems because our players panic. There were numerous occasions where I'd see Buffalo get the ball. It's one-touch pass. One-touch pass. Whereas we'd get the ball, take the ball, one-touch, try and turn. If you can't turn, take a couple more touches and then play it backwards. There were no outlets there were no options. And as I said, when we did get in the final third, the ideas were limited, bruv. Honestly, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, in order to get more creative and like, you know, overcome teams like that, you got to take risks, right? Like you got to try that through ball that's really risky and um, you might get caught. Right, because you're trying things. Like one of my biggest issues with uh, Sehu, for example, was that he every time he would get the ball, he would most of the time look to pass it back, 
and not try to do something more risky that might yield a better result, right? Um, so I get sometimes you're going to get caught in all these things, but you can't just concede a goal every time you, you lose the ball in, in, in transition or in the middle of the park. Like, that's just not good enough, right? Especially when, again, the third goal, I think Abdurahim uh, 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 took maybe three touches and then passed it to, I forgot the guy who scored, I forgot his name now, but Sorry, literally he just, yeah, he just executed us. Like, as in, he didn't even take a touch. I think he just literally just let the ball roll, whacked it. Like, yeah. doing, the, again, simple things, right? And going back to the first half where we nearly threatened, you know, Bruno got the ball on the wide, maybe did one or two touches, passed it to, to Babulis, took the shot, Loizos nearly got the rebound. Okay, that was it. But we did some, you know, the, the basic things there, and that was it. After that, we went back to, like, just holding the ball too much, all these things. And anyway, um, I think, you know, when I look at this this Berg team um, and the quality of plays he has, uh, you know, up front and everything, it brings back another debate, which is the whole, you know, programmatismos and all of the, th- the things that took place over the summer, what structure the team should have, right? Whether we need a technical director or not. And I think something that I was thinking when I was looking at the, you know, the quality they had up front, it was like this summer there was like rumors about Stepinski, right? And uh, he scored over the weekend. Okay, it was a penalty, but I saw some of that game and he was, uh, no, sorry, last weekend or whatever it was. And um, he was very, you know, mobile. He was, he was, it was as if he, was, he didn't get injured or anything like that. He seemed pretty fresh to me. But anyway, the decision was made not to go for him, maybe, and go for something like, you know, Hooper, who today, Matos was preferred over him. How that, may, you know, I, I'm not here to 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 find make sense out of, out of this, right? But, you know, let's say you listen to the manager and you go for somebody like Hooper, who is at a certain age, out of shape, all of this. Like, what happens now that you've, you know, kicked the manager out, right? No, like this, this is, I feel like this is where a case can be made for somebody like a technical director to be a counterweight to the wills and the whims of a manager that maybe is not seeing the forest, right? And he's focused solely on the tree here. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of things like that that are just being brought into question with all of this today. Well, Even more the, so. the problem is when when, a, when there's a bad result like this and a terrible performance like this, the immediate uh, go-to is you know the transfer activity and the signings that we made. We knew even before the season started that it weren't going to be plain sailing. It weren't going to be fucking easy, especially with some of the decisions that were made. You cannot bring in a head coach and then sign two or three other players that he wants because he feels that they're his guys. Now, Matthews has been one of our best players this season. He made a very big mistake, which which led to the penalty. Um, and it's easy to get on his back. But in all fairness, I think he's got enough credit in the bank to to kind of get a blight at the moment. Um, you mentioned Hooper. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I can't see him lasting, in all fairness. You've got Barker. I don't know what's happening with him. I can't see him lasting either. And then you mentioned Matavs. Now, from what I heard, the same person that wanted him out a few months ago was calling him the other day to say, oh, you're one of the best strikers in Cyprus. We, we want you back in the squad. Now, I don't know if you watched the pod I did the other day with Roy and Chris. I was saying, well, how's the guy going to feel now? He was shunned. He was outed 
months ago. We don't want you anymore. We want to find another club. He said, I'm staying. He was all right. He was all right today, actually. For the few minutes that he played, he wasn't terrible. He nearly set up an assist as well, but whatever. It was okay. But, you know, yeah, I, I completely on board with what you're saying. You know? yeah. So, so what's, he, what's he thinking now? And look, he got his goal against Man United. Congratulations and celebrations. But Karim doesn't look like a team player to me. I'm sorry. He doesn't. Not today anyway. Because he looks like a player that's got one eye on that World Cup. And I'm not seeing any enthusiasm. I'm seeing him drifting out wide. I'm seeing him miscontrolling balls. I'm not seeing any urgency. He had a couple of shots from when I watched the highlights because that's I watched the highlights afterwards and I saw Semedo's goal and they, they ripped us to shreds. But the game was practically done at fucking 60-odd minutes. Yeah. You know, we overcommitted then I, forward. Yeah, I think with Karim, we can't be too harsh because, again... They brought him very last minute, right? Like he missed preseason, he missed all of that stuff. I'm not trying to find excuse, excuses, but it, it goes all you know all the way back to programmatismo and Yambogama Jame. Like that's 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 really what it comes down to. If you know Karim is going to be your main striker, why not bring him earlier, right? Like get him to blend with the team, all of that stuff. Um, you know, I, look, it's. It's fine if you don't want to come out in public and say this is why this is happening and we make this decision and that decision if things are going well. Like if things are not going well, then you have to own up to stuff and come out and say, here's why we made this decision or here's why we don't have a technical director or here's, you know, maybe, maybe it's more financially sound not to have one. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of reasons why, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, let me ask you a question. If you, if you look at Berg's system today, he got it practically spot on. He saw the weaknesses, he exploited them, and the one thing they did very, very well, as I mentioned before, they were organised, they were physical, they got bodies behind the ball, they strangled us in the middle of the park. Whenever Humboldt got the ball, there's always someone within two, three yards of him. Same with Kasama. Foddy, okay, he got a couple of little breaks here and there when he was trying to turn on the sixpence. But at the same time, it's almost as if he knew us inside out, which would be understandable because most of that squad is his anyways. Let's get it right. That being said, having spoken to Stefan yesterday to, to, to talk about Yannick, the new head coach, he said his preferred system is 4-2-3-1. Now, we play 4-2-3-1 today. So what can he do different to get yeah, look, man. results? Yeah, look... I think we're we're focusing too much on like formations and and if you look at like you know modern football today and stuff like that, I mean Berg today and, and Bafos today was a good example. It's not necessarily the formation that that was the key. It was the fact that they capitalized really quickly on that space they found in key moments. And that's that's really what it's about, right? It's about forcing the opponent to 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 make a mistake and then just moving quickly to capitalize on that. Um, and you know, formation is a sort of thing. Like, I, I'm always worried. I guess if you if you find a formation that that works, right? Like, eventually somebody's gonna find a solution, right? Uh, Guardiola's Barcelona. At some point, everybody was parking the bus. They found the way, and, and there was no imagination. There was none of that. So you gotta evolve. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, focusing on a formation is not necessarily the answer, but getting them again to to have a mindset, 
right? Like when you carry the ball, like Kasama, for example, right? He made a few mistakes today in terms of passes and things like that, but he um, he could have played it safe, right? He can play safe and not and not make a single mistake by passing the ball to safe places all the time. If you try though and take risks and try to capitalize on on space that you see, then you're naturally gonna lose the ball sometimes. You're naturally gonna you know try a pass that somebody intercepts and and whatever, right? So that's the kind of thing that, that goes back to mentality. Like you have to, he has to instill. I think I think Ferreira's job, the the biggest challenge is really that mentality, right? Like instilling in them this sort of attitude of like, you know, we got to go for this. You got to be brave with the ball. You have to try things that are maybe not as secure and just feel like you're going to win this game, right? I mean, another issue I have is we have a captain that is everything but a captain to me, right, on the pitch. And I, I mean, I love Jan, right? Like he gave us a lot of things to be happy about. But I used to remember Jan where he would, he would shock the players. He would, he would you know, get involved and, and try and get people you know, going kind of thing. And, and I don't see any of that. And I'm trying to think who else on that pitch you know, could put on the armband and just get people going. You know, like... No one, mate. No one. <laughs> I mean, no, no and, that, and, and that's, why I'm, that's why I'm saying Yannick's uh, job is, is the biggest one is, is mentality and character. Like, you know, five losses now on the trot. Like, you know, you need to, you know, just... Focus on the next game. Consider a, a title and just focus on that. Forget about looking at the table, who's, which team does what. Just focus on that next game and that's it. Build some steel. Yeah. Mate, yeah, I mean, Guzulos. Yeah, Guzulos was, uh, was our guy that would do that. But, like, I think it's too much to put all of that on, on somebody that's trying to get back into, you know, regular t- playing time. So... Mate, I, I was talking to, I was talking to a former player. I'm not going to mention who, but it's not an obvious name, so don't worry. It's not someone that's anyway. I'm not going to go into it, right? And they were saying to me, I look at that team, and there's no leadership whatsoever, whatsoever, and that's a concern when someone that's played for this club um, looks at the squad looks at the players and says that one isn't a leader that one isn't a leader and you're thinking out of the 22 23 players not one of them has got the characteristics of a player that can galvanize a squad um it's it's, it's so concerning Joe, you know people in the in the comments are going crazy and donny g i don't know what's happened but he says he's been blocked for five minutes i haven't blocked him so sorry mate whatever's happened i don't know what's happened Apparently he's been blocked for five minutes. I haven't even done anything. Like, what the fuck? Is Roy on this? Is Roy doing something? <laughs> what the Maybe fuck is going on? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it is a concern. But, you know, back, back to today. I mean, is this the lowest it could get for us now? Is it the lowest? I, Can we get I, any... I don't think it's the lowest. Look, I, you know, I try to be... Try to find positives where I can. Um... Yannick was at the stadium. He saw the game, right? Like, so he, I, I would much prefer him seeing a game like this, uh, you know, in terms of like finding areas to improve than us beating Paralimbi 4-0 or whatever, like, something like that, right? So that, I'll take that as a positive in terms of like he's seen what he needs to fix. Um, 
you know, comparing it to the Salamina performance, slightly better, but not nowhere near good enough for what it needs to be. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I, I get people's frustration. Right? You know, and all that stuff. But that's not the world we live in anymore, right? Like football as a as a sport, as a whatever, is evolved so much that, you know, a lot of games are going to go down to like two, you know, two one, one nil, all of that stuff. So, you know, you can't expect that you're going to walk onto a pitch with the money that's on the table now in the league with your Bafos, Aris, all these teams and, you know, just destroy them. You can't expect that. So, but, you know, you expect to put up a fight. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're a long way from, at least I am, in terms of like desperation and feeling like this is this is done. Because, yeah, it's 11 points, but you treat every game as you go and you build a, a three-win streak, which we're not there yet. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen in the next three games. But you do that and you, you're there, right? You might not win the league, but you're there. Um, so, you know, there's still a long way to go. So, I don't know. Let's hope Yanning brings in some, some fresh ideas and stuff. So, yeah. Well, the thing is, obviously, he's going to need to identify who the leaders are in this team. And we need someone that's able yeah. to take the ball by the horns. Now, if we don't have that at the moment, how can he get that out of the players? Now, obviously, that's not the main issue that we have right now. I mean, the main issue I believe right now that we have is the amount of goals that we leak. Yeah. That is a huge worry. It's a huge yeah. worry. Because, again, yeah. I don't like to compare, but... You know, Berg's, Berg's systems that they were spot on, whereas us going forward, all right, we were okay. But at the back, every time they got, or every time they got forward, I'm thinking there's going to be a chance here, man. At least half a chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, we said about. Sorry to go back a little bit, but you, we said about the leaders, right? And that's another thing that happened in the summer, which I put down to programmatismo and failing to see far enough. They got rid of a lot of leader-like players, right? Your Jordi Gomez, your Hubotsan, your uh, Bodeag, people that had a lot of experience that, okay, you know, let's say you can't keep them all. You have to look at what you, you know, throwing away other than just footballing ability. It's somebody who can be in the dressing room, who can be on the pitch even for five, ten minutes, that can inject some kind of leadership in that squad. And you know, in, in a fell swoop, they got rid of them all, all of that. All, all of that was gone. And they brought people that either were, um, you know, had enough in their career, your hoopers, your whatever, or people that had nowhere near the level really needed to inject that, whether it's, it's Barker or somebody else, right? I mean, Kasama, I love Kasama. I think he's, he's going to be a good player for us, but, you know, he doesn't have that leadership quality yet. So, again, another mis massive mistake, I think in that transfer window and planning of the team and everything. Well, it's like I said a few weeks ago, the sooner we're out of Europe, the better. Because yeah. in, in all fairness, I think while Europe has been a, another great adventure for us in terms of memories and everything, it's obviously had a, an adverse effect on us in the league. And if you look at Ajax tonight, they lost... Um, yep. another team that's in Europe. So it, it isn't just us, but the difference with Ajax is that I think they're doing things right from top to bottom. 
yeah. they're doing things right and they're progressing. You're seeing the improvements, whereas us, we're regressing. We're going backwards. It just feels there's no there's no cohesive plan. That's what it feels like, you know. There's no. It felt like we had some plan and a progression, and you know, before, but that that Burke sacking kind of threw all of that. I mean, it started, I think, with like the Larku sacking, and then you know the Burke one. But like all of that just came crumbling. Like this notion that we were going somewhere long term wise, you know. Um, and I get it. Like I get, you know, I, you, you can't. You have to assess situations. And, and you know, Berg's last year wasn't great. Well, you know, you don't fire an employee <laughs> after a bad day at work, right? Like that. It's not as simple as that, right? So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, do you know what? I, when when luck when luck got the sack. I was hearing, oh, loads of people in and around the club are glad that he's gone. Okay, fine. When Berg left, people are obviously upset because of the circumstances and many believed he was thrown under the bus. And I'm one of those people that believe that he was thrown under the bus. Then Lennon is brought in. We win the cup and all right, things were okay. But then you're hearing more and more things, more and more things. And then he gets the boot and all of a sudden everyone's happy again. And today they did play with a bit more freedom, but it was more of the same shit. So at what point do you turn around and, and point the finger at the players? Because if this doesn't work out with Yannick, and I'm hoping that it does, right? And the only re- the only way that it will work if, is if, number one, they give him free reign in the transfer market and don't sit on their hands and wait till the last minute to sign in a fourth-rate striker, which wasn't even on their radar. I mean, how many times were we talking about it in the WhatsApp group? We're going for this striker, and then we decided to not to go for him because we wanted to go for this one because he was second choice. Or maybe we'll go with the third choice because the second choice don't want to come. Next thing you know, it's Hooper. I mean, for fuck's sake, man. Like, Where on the list was Gary Hooper in terms of priorities, strikers? Seventh, eighth, ninth? And that's exactly... I mean, these are the kind of decisions that make me question what happens in the background, right? Like, you can't say yes to a manager bringing players of that type and then go and, like, dismiss them after, like, eight games or whatever. I'm not saying his dismissal wasn't justified or anything like that. I'm just saying, what's your rationale? Like, can you not account for that scenario? Like... Oh, this this manager wants this thirty-six-year player. Okay, what happens if in eight games, X manager is now doing well and we have to sack him? What happens with this thirty-six-year player? What that we just signed? Like, how do they make these decisions? Like, how do they? Is it is it just really that sort of in the moment? Yeah, is this who you want? Great, let's go with it. Is there other things in the back? Are there other things like financial restrictions or whatever? You know, if there are come out and say it to people. I'm sure, right, a lot of Ammonia fans would understand if some if they came out and say, you know what, we can't spend this amount of money because of X, Y, Z, here's, here's the, the proof of that. There you go. Okay. At least, <laughs> at least I know why this decision was made, right? I mean, Burke, they said about Burke that he was happy at the time with the plays that he had. Look at the quality he hasn't baffled. Look at the play they went and signed from Agridas straight away after they, they, they saw him a few games. 
made it happen, and he's scoring goals for them. Assisted today, the, the, the last one. You know, so clearly, Berg had a different, I think, concept of what a quality player is, right? Yeah, but don't forget, prior to Hooper joining, Lennon said himself he's happy with the squad that he's got. That's is exactly that what they, they, they well. forced him to say? <laughs> is well, that, is well, that like... Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because if you're happy with the squad that you've got, why are you signing a 35, 36-year-old player after one training session? It doesn't make any sense, man. And yeah, you and know I... what? I think they've shown their asses. They've shown their asses this summer. Not just, not just with the quality of signings, but the timing of the signings as well. Oh, yeah. Atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, I, I'm not here to say whether uh, to, to judge Larko's work or anything like that. Maybe, you know, he was justified to get the sack and all of that stuff. I don't know what happens behind the scenes, right? But, again, it goes back to, like, you need somebody, like, I mean, Andy only mentioned it in the, in, the, in the chat, and she's right. Like, you need somebody at that level to look at the culture and the long-term vision and see whether the desires of the manager map to that long-term vision. And if not, what can I add to bring to this that maps to this long-term vision? But in order for them to have that vision and long-term goal, they need to get the clearance from further up. <laughs> right? Then there needs to be, everybody needs to be in this. It's not a one-man show. Like, you know, you don't bring a technical director and, and more overnight they do one miracles or a manager. It needs, it needs a whole cohesive unit for this to work which is you know you mentioned Ike before this is what I, I think Ike currently has to some degree at least so um, I don't know how to ask this without being repetitive but like where do we go from this now because I'm, I'm happy to give this manager a, an opportunity because let's get it right he hasn't come in when we're like top of the league for example or second or third or fourth. We are like group B fodder now to, to, to coin Rodri gigs. We are group B fodder. So is this a case of this manager coming in now to do a patchwork until January and see if he can bring in some players that suit his system? Because I'm pretty sure he's already identified which players he doesn't want. Do you get what I'm saying? And which type yeah. of player he wants to bring in. So is it a patchwork until January? And then see what we can do in the second half of the season, and then rebuild in in uh, in the summer. I don't know. I uh, I saw some of his um, sort of uh, episode on this podcast where he was invited, and you know he kind of said because he was asked about formation and philosophy, oh. right? Can you hear me now? Yeah, carry on. My uh, thing uh, went out. Yeah, no, he. I, I was saying about this podcast that he was on and how he, he was asked about, you know, formation and philosophy that he has about how to play and, and all that stuff. And he said, look, there's only like five managers in the world right now that they can go somewhere in a club and say, you know, these are the players that I need so that I can play the system that I want to play. And then they get the players and then play the system. He goes, most of our, us, he goes, we go and, and work with what we have. So I think... Knowing what we know in terms of like previous managers, the players they had and all of that stuff, I think what's likely to happen is that he's going to come in and try to work with what he has. I don't even know if I'm personally, I'm not even expecting that much in January because 
they have to get rid of players now. They have to break contracts. We don't have a track record of doing that. So it's very unlikely they're going to bring somebody in January. If they do, I'll, I'll be happily uh, proven wrong. So he also has a master's in, in sports psychology. So I think that's the part that he's going to probably work. In. And, you know, I think that that's what I'm putting my chips on, right? Like he comes in, tries to build the psychology, uh, lift the team up, focus one game at a time and find a way to get us out of this mess. Like just using those tools. Like I'm not expecting new players, crazy formations, just do the basic stuff and do them good enough to, you know, put a decent performance. That's the kind of thing that I'm expecting, I guess. The thing is, when you look at the top two clubs in Cyprus at the moment, right? I, I look at their squads and I'm thinking, do you know what? On paper, they're probably not the best, right? But what they do as a unit is getting them to where they are now. Now, you yeah. don't necessarily have to have the best players in the league to be challenging for, for honours. It's fact. You know, there's so many teams over the years that have won titles with, you know, eight or nine pretty average players in the squad, but they do the basics and they do the basics right. Yep. Now, I look at our squad and I'm not like overly excited about what we've got at our disposal, but there are game, there are game changers there. There are players there that can yeah. pull out you know, decent performances and, and match-winning performances, but it's the consistency that's a problem. Yeah. And uh, again, it goes back to what I said about conceding goals. You can't win titles if you don't keep clean sheets. And how many have we kept this season? Yeah, not many. <laughs> In the league? How many? What, Baralimni? Baralimni, that was one. And that's, I think maybe that's it. That's uh, it. Yeah. That's, that's it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, it. Doxa. Doxa. Didn't we keep it with Doxa? Ah, Doxa, well? yeah. Sorry. I forgot okay, about yeah. that one. Forgot that, yeah. Yeah. So, do you think his first portal call is shoring things up defensively? Do you think I'll be the first thing he's got on his mind? Yeah, he, he has to get them to work as a unit. Like, you know, like I said earlier, it's it's one thing to lose the ball in the middle of the park. It's another thing to know you're going to concede if you do that. <laughs> you know? So he needs to get them to fight for each other, work as a unit, maybe sh shake things up a little bit. Like, you know, we said about Yam, we said about some other players. Okay, maybe some other players need to step in instead and just have a go, you know? That's it. Like, just just put some people on the bench, mix things up a little bit, but m most importantly, get them to work as a unit. Like, right now, it's just glimpses of individual stuff. Even today, like, you know, Bruno gets the ball, you expect something to happen. He passes it to Babu Lee, you expect something to happen. There's no, like, okay, this was, you know, three players going in front, one crossing going there, the ball goes that way. There's a plan. There wasn't. There's none of that. It's just more, you know, ad hoc. Whatever, whatever, you know, wherever the wind blows, kind of thing. So, yeah. Right. So uh, the next game is Sociedad. Kinova <laughs> Mario. Ah, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the, the next game is Sociedad. So tomorrow, I'm assuming they're gonna have a a light training session. And then Monday, they get into work properly. So Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Is, so you've got three days to prepare for this game. Again, I'm guessing the, the head coach, Ferrara, has got ideas in mind of how he's going to play. It's probably going to be a 3-5-2 again, which 
to be no, yeah. this lot. No, look, I, I expect anything from me. If I was him, honestly, I would try to go for the game as if I'm going for, as if I'm playing against Anorthosis. If I lose five nil, I don't care. Honestly. Like but just get them to work in the way that you want them to think and work. Right? Like this is it. He doesn't have any other games to experiment with. So he has to, I think, try and do some experiment like starting lineup, approach the game or whatever, like he's going to do with an orthosis. Because we have nothing to lose. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, go and defend and try and snatch it, a win against Sociedad to qualify again, you know, through the groups. Come on. Bigger fish to fry, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's been a lot of comments about Grigorian and um, Simon. And I, I don't really want to talk about it again because you just go around this. And, and I think we just oh. need to these facts that it will take something very, very, very huge for Babylon. They're fully to blame for everything and they need to go because they're not going to go. No. They're not going to go anytime soon anyway, are they? No, no. And, I mean, yeah, we can sit here and talk about them and all that stuff, but it's not going to it's not gonna change anything necessarily. Uh, but, you know, it goes back to what we said earlier about being honest and, and upfront with people, right? I still don't know what Simo's role is, personally. You know, I can... I can put a name to a bunch of stuff about like, you know, what Dimitris does and everything, but like Simo, I have no idea what he does. Like, you know, there was this rumor that he was going to take over um, Larku job and all that stuff. That didn't happen. Or at least it doesn't seem like it happened. Maybe it, is, it has happened, but it's behind the scenes and we don't know, right? So these are the things that they need to, I don't know, figure out because it's clear that what they started with, that vision, that idea, that those concepts, they've gone off the rails with them, like completely. Like they've lost that vision. Like it's very clear now. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is also influenced by them trying to appease us. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a few losses. There's a, a lot of shouting. They make a decision like, you know, instantly, oh, let's fire Burke. Let's get rid of, you know, whatever. Because I'm trying to remember with, with Larko, I think his sacking didn't necessarily come at a time where it was everything, everything was shit kind of thing. You know, we were losing games and stuff like that. But I think I don't think it was, it was a, a you know, that felt more like, okay, there was a specific reason. Whereas both the Lennon and the Berg sackings feel like knee-jerk reactions. And that's, that's where you, you can tell that you're not consistent with some kind of vision. Right? You're just rolling with the punches kind of thing. So, well, explain why they will not go. Well, I mean, it seems like they, they and, and, and Stavro are a package, right? And for better or worse, that's just the way it is. So, you know. Well, unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, people are making comments about my Wi-Fi. I'm using the hotel Wi-Fi, man. I'm sorry. I haven't got my own okay. Wi-Fi. I'm not in the UK. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a massive coincidence that every time I'm talking about Rigori, my internet goes down. But anyway, 
what the one thing I will end this little bit on because I think we've got on for close to like forty minutes now is after if okay Yannick's our third head coach under this uh, uh, I don't know uh, what's the word holy child yeah yeah right so we've had three head coaches and the sporting director so I'm guessing at some point the owner's going to turn around and say I spent all this money paying people out when the problem is clearly deeper rooted. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure sooner or later he'll turn around and sort things out, but will it be too little too late in terms of our, our long-term future? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know because we don't even know what story they tell themselves internally about the situation. Right? We don't know what the the perception of the situation is. So that's the thing. We might be sitting here thinking, oh, you know, he's going to realize at some point, but maybe everything is going by plan. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah, uh, well, well, I don't think there's anything else we can say, man. Today was an utter fucking disaster, but not uh, unsurprising. Um, I think the manner in which we lost was uh, unacceptable. And... If this is the way that things are going to be for the rest of the season, then everyone needs to just have, start handing back their season tickets and asking for a refund. I'm sorry. Because as Pedro said earlier, they made a big song and dance about the record number of season ticket holders, record number of this and record number of that. People ain't getting what... Well, they're not getting Stills Wi-Fi. That's why we're not getting... In fact, they're not getting anything today. They're getting a few big games tonight. Again, again, I, I, I'm just going to wrap it up, man. There's no point. There's no point. There's no point. This guy, when I see you next, yeah, do you know how tall Mario is? Mario, Mario is like six foot two, right? He's like six foot two. Next time I see him, I'm kicking him in the balls. Anyway, <laughs> fuck. Uh. Oh, there we go. We lost him again. Yeah, I mean, the Berg sacking was a result of nine defeats in 20 games, but in, again, um, oh, there we go. Hello. Can people hear? People can still hear. Yeah, I'm talking no, to myself. Can. It's fine. Anyway, fuck Andorobi. Fuck the hotel Wi-Fi. We'll be back very, very soon. Till next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.